here I am, all the way from Staten Island to the Bronx. Amen? Any, any Yankee fans here? I mean, we're in the Bronx, right? Any Met fans in the Bronx? Met fans? Lord, have mercy. Somebody, somebody reach out, hand out to that brother, and let's pray for him. Amen. Again, it's a, it's a joy and a privilege to be here. Um, I have the utmost respect and love for your pastor. Um, I, if, if you get to know me just a minute bit, I'm not going to say nothing I don't mean. I ain't kissing up to nobody to put it in, you know, in a, I said we used to, when I was growing up, it was a ghetto, and now it's the inner city, you know, but um, I just, I'm just not, uh, Victor Nazario to me is one of the most godliest pastors in New York City. You guys are highly blessed to have him as your pastor. Amen. I mean, I said you guys are highly blessed to have him as your pastor. Um, and his family and the leadership here. Uh, I remember when we were down in, Man you guys were down in Manhattan and place burned down and we've been praying for years that God will bless this ministry with a church and here you have this beautiful building. You know, there's another thing I love about Pastor, uh, about Victor. He's a clean brother. You come in, this place is immaculate, man. <laughs> this place is immaculate. You know, it's, it's just a clean place. It represents God. Amen. Amen? That's the way church should be. I want to read a verse before we start. It's really one of my favorite verses in the Bible, um, and it's in Ezekiel 46, verse 9. So if you have your Bible, your iPad, or your iPhone, you can't say your Bible no more. Right? And it reads like this. It says, when the people of the land came before the Lord at the appointed feast, whomever entered by the north gate to worship is to go out the south gate, and whoever entered by the south gate is to go out the north gate. No one is to return to the gate by which he entered, but each is to go out the opposite gate. So now you're saying, what in the world does that mean, man? <laughs> like, like, I woke up this morning. Um, I usually get up around 5 and have my, you know, I, I take my shower, brush my teeth, you know, brother clean, you know. I'm Puerto Rican, so I got to go downstairs and have my butelo, you know. And um, then I have my time of devotion, my time in God's word, my time of prayer, then my time of keeping quiet. Then Sunday, I go to church. So I go through all that to prepare myself to come to church. You guys got up this morning. You know, you did what you had to do. You took a shower. You brushed your teeth. You had your botello. I see there's a lot of Ricans here, you know, and, and, and uh, you prepared to come to church. And you, when you got here, you came in one way. Amen? See, but God's desire is for you to leave different. See, those who came into the north gate are to go out the south gate. God's desire is not for you to leave the same way you came. Because if you're going to leave the same way you came, you might as well stay home. I'm just saying. You know, when you come, when you come to church, to a time of feast, to a time of feasting in God's truth and God's word, God's desire is for you to always to leave different. Now, I remember when I first got saved, I used to try to bombard everything in me and get nothing. I mean, that's just me. You know, some people could bombard a whole lot. That's not me. I'm a knucklehead. You know, Gary T. Doodle. 
So I would try to bombard all this stuff in me, and I would walk out with nothing. Now, what I do is, if I could grab one thing, one thing, because there are 52 weeks in a year. So if I go to church 52 times, and I grab one thing, I got 52 things I grabbed that year. Amen? So God's desire for you this morning, as you came in one way, is to leave different. Somebody say amen. amen. Come on, say it like you mean it, amen? amen. All right, I'm just, I'm just saying, you know. I want, I want to take these few minutes to have this morning, and I want to speak to you about never giving up. Never giving up. When times get rough, and when we get discouraged as a man, as a woman, as a father, as a wife, you know, God does not want us to give up. You know, it, it reminds me, I was with my wife and I, with, were with Mariano Rivera two weeks ago. You know, Mariano Rivera has his own church now. And, and um, his wife and him, you know, minister in that church. Wonderful church of God. Mo and I, I, was, I came to the Yankees a year before Mariano came. I came the year Jeter came. So this is like my 25th year with the New York Yankees as the chaplain, as the pastor to the Yankees. And so... Uh, I was with him, and we were, went to church, then we went out to dinner, and we started just talking about a whole lot of stuff, and we started talking about that World Series that he blew in Arizona. For you guys that, you know, Yankee fans, you know, you know, that was, you know, here we are, ninth inning, they call Mo to the mound. What did you say when they called him to the mound? It's over. He blows the game. Now, can you imagine had Mariano at that point said to himself, I'm never going to pitch again. I blew this, man. I messed this up. I'm never going to pitch again. Could you imagine if Mariano had said that? He never would have gotten to the place that he got to when he retired as a New York Yankees. The greatest relief pitcher ever, ever in the history of baseball. Now, some people say that records are made to be broken. This may be one record that may never be broken. See, Mariano understood clearly in his mind that setbacks are only setups for comebacks. I'm going to say that again. The setbacks are only setups for comebacks. That's what they are. You know, this, this idea that we come on to Jesus and that everything is going to be okay I don't know where we get that junk. I don't. You know, I hear some of these pastors sometimes preaching. They say, come on to Jesus. Everything's going to be all right. They're lying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I looked out when I said that, and I just popped a couple of bubbles. <laughs> I just saw a couple of people say, say really? What? what? Yeah. Come on to Jesus. Everything's going to be all right. <laughs> That's a lie. You come on to Jesus, everything is not going to be all right. But I'd rather go through what I'm going to go through with him than by myself. See, setbacks are only set up for comebacks. I remember my wife, my wife, um, I promised her dad before he died that, that she would go to college and finish college. So my wife and I, we made a deal. My wife and I, Nancy, we're going to be celebrating 49 years married. Right? Now, now, I know 
Some of y'all looked and said, that brother looked too fine to be that old man. Married 49 years. You know? <laughs> yeah. That came from a dude. I ain't down with that. Man. <laughs> Listen. I wouldn't stay with me 49 years. I'm a complicated guy, man. And my wife stayed with me 49 years. So I promised her dad that she would go to college. So we made a deal. The deal was that when my two oldest girls, my oldest girl's 44, my second girl's 42, and then, you know, God has a great sense of humor. 15 years later, we had another one, and she's 28. Um, you know, so I said, when the girls go to high school, you go back to college. But she got pregnant. And we had Krista. But I wanted to keep my word. <clears throat> I can't tell you those four years. By the way, my wife was in the, the College of Staten Island. And both my daughters, my oldest girl, they were in the College of Staten Island. My wife had a 4.0. Put my daughters to shame. <laughs> and what it took for her to go to school. I had to work three jobs. I was a printer before I went into ministry. I was printing, I was doing ministry and catering on the side because somebody had to pay for it. And I don't know about you, but see, I'm a real man. I'm a, I take care of mine. You know, my, both my daughters and my wife, neither one, neither one of them have a student loan. I pay for all their schooling because that's my responsibility. I'm not saying that sometimes you can't take student loans. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying me, I got to take care of business. So she had to go. We, went, we didn't live too far. Four years to school. I had to work. My girls had to work. I had to take care of my youngest daughter. My youngest daughter was asthmatic. We went through all those things, but we never gave up. We never gave up, man. The Bible says you put the plow down and you don't look back. You keep going forward, man. And listen, there are going to be setbacks. Listen, please, let's get off that junk. Let's get off that, that thought that Christianity is this thing that you come to and we walk on the clouds and everything is so beautiful. Please. Get out of here. I'm not saying that God doesn't come through. I'm not saying that God it doesn't have your back because he does. Some of my greatest lessons I learned through struggling. My greatest lessons I learned through struggling. Guys, I want to encourage you this morning never, ever, ever to give up. Never give up. I want to Read your story here in the Bible. In Luke 5. Starting verse 1. I'm not computer savvy. My kids, they got me doing this, man. I get frustrated sometimes. I'm learning. Check this out. It says, one day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, 
the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw, he saw at, the, at the water's edge two boats left there by, by fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the bo- boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Then he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the net for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. Let's, let's look at the story. These fishermen were washing their nets. In other words, they had gone fishing already. And they caught nothing. Now Jesus comes on the scene and tells them, listen, go back out. Simon says, what are you talking about? We went out already. We didn't catch anything. We didn't catch one fish. Zero. Why should we? Not only did Jesus say go out, he told them go out into the deep water. There ain't no fish in deep water. Any fishermen here? There's very little to no fish in deep water. They had gone fishing and caught no fish. They've worked hard and got nothing in return. There was no fruit for their labor. After Simon Peter rebuttaled, he did as Christ asked him to do, and he went out. And he said, I love, I, I love this here. He said, Simon answered, Master, we worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, we will let down our nets. I like the King James. The King James says, nevertheless, I'm going to do it. See, and, and we've done some things this year. We've worked hard in doing some things. We try to, try to make it better for our family. Didn't work out some ways. We try to make a little extra bread. Didn't work out. Some family friction came. Didn't work out. You try to mend it. Didn't work out. Whatever the issue may be, God is saying to you and saying to me that he wants to hear what Peter says. Nevertheless, even though that didn't work out, I'm going to go out there and do it again. I'm going to go out there and do it again. Listen, I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. <clears throat> I'm a Puerto Rican boy from Brooklyn. Bedford Stuyvesant, Williamsburg. <clears throat> from the projects. My father used to kick my mother's butt every day. Every day my father would get drunk and beat the living daylights out of my mom. Every single day. My father was a cook. He had these big iron spoons. He beat the living daylights out of me every day. And at the age of 11, my father drew me out in the street. I lived homeless in Brooklyn on the street, eating out of garbage cans and living in abandoned buildings. And because of that, for 18 years of my life, I was smoking pot, sniffing glue, sniffing cabona, drinking cheap wine, Boone's Farm, Swiss Up. See, you know about that, huh, girl? You done ratted yourself out, man. Oh, man. Look at that cheap Benigio. Wow, man. See, you got to be careful. 
don't laugh too quick when I say something, because you're going to get busted. You know? <laughs> she said, yeah, I know that. Yeah. Yeah. I got a pipe. No, I'm kidding. Okay. okay. Drinking cheap wine, then started snorting heroin, skip popping, mainlining, then doing heroin and cocaine. And <clears throat> for almost 18 years of my life, I struggled. I would get clean, back on. I would get clean, back on. I'd get clean, back on. Then someone hired me. <clears throat> I never went to school. I didn't know how to read. I didn't know how to write. Someone hired me in a print shop, taught me how to run a printing machine. I didn't know how to read or write, but I was stupid. You show me something, you know, brother down. I learned. There were 60 employees, all black and Hispanics, and one day they hired this white guy. Blonde hair, blue eyed white boy, German guy called Otto Lang. And when he first met me, the first thing he told me was that Jesus loved me. I told him, you could take that Jesus junk somewhere else. Where was your Jesus when I was eating out of garbage cans? Get out of here with that Jesus stuff. You ever meet some of these Christian brothers? Some of these Christian sisters with that stupid smile. <laughs> Always telling you Jesus loves you. Tell me Jesus loves me, but the, the smile got to go, Papa. <laughs> and this dude would come every single morning, and he would tell me Jesus loves me. He would open up his Bible, and he would read me a verse and tell me Jesus loves me. After a while, I got a little tired of it, so I took his Bible, and I took it to a glue machine, and I glued his Bible. I did, his brother is not opening up no Bible today, because in a print shop, they have good glue machines, and if something glue, it's not going to open. And he would take that Bible, he would take it to the cutter, and he would cut the glue off, open it up, and come to me and read me a verse and tell me Jesus loved me. For years he did that. Then after being strung out and my wife was about to leave me, Otto Lang took me to church. And I sat all the way in the back. I'll never forget, Pastor. I sat all the way in the back. And I made this deal with God. You ever make a deal with God? See, the, the Lord, he could handle any deal you make with him. And let me tell you, when I made this deal with God, I didn't make this deal with God in a real nice way, every other word was a curse. Check this out. The Lord, he could handle your curse. He can. Now, I wouldn't speak to him that way now. I know better. But back then, the Lord could handle anything you want to say to him in any way you want to say it. I said, listen, Jesus, God, whatever your name is, personally, I think you're a hustle. Personally, I think this Jesus thing is a straight-up hustle. But my wife is about to leave me. I'm about to lose the only thing I have. If you are who you say you are, if you could get this habit off my back and my wife don't go, nobody will serve you like me. And so I said that to the Lord. And they made an altar call, and I walked down. And on my way home, his presence was so powerful, I had to pull over because I couldn't drive. That's almost 40 years ago. I have never gotten high, ever. Not one time. 
Not once. Not once. See, I was trying for 27, 28 years to, to, to get somewhere, to become somebody. And it was setback after setback after setback after setback, man. But I gave my life to the Lord. That was the beginning of the comeback. Didn't mean I wasn't going to have any more setbacks. But it was the beginning of the comeback. Let me tell you, this walk with Jesus, what you put in is what you get out. I'm just saying, this is a journey. This is a journey. We're on a journey with the Lord. You put little, you get little. Don't blame the pastor. Don't blame the leadership. Don't blame the church. Blame you. Just about now, a couple of people got ticked off at me when I said that. <clears throat> really, I don't care. Because I'm not your pastor. I'm leaving. <laughs> you can mad all you want. I'm getting in my car. I'm out of here. <laughs> this, journey, this journey is with you and the Lord. And what you put in is what you get out. You put in little, you get out little. You've been having some setbacks and you want some comebacks. Let me give you some advice of how to start your comeback. This is your church. Serve. I'm just saying. Listen, I gave my life to Jesus. I couldn't read two words. My wife and I started teaching Sunday school. Elementary. I couldn't read, so she would read, and I'd be the clown. (laughs) Then we did junior high school. I've never, never, ever been out of ministry in 40 years. I couldn't read, so a retired teacher from church, Angelica Valentin, she tutored me for three years. I used to go to a house, and I would read. I was 27 years old. See Sally run. I was 27 years old. And Angelica used to always tell me, Willie, you got to look at it like you have this big tree in front of you and you have a little axe. You just need to keep chopping away. You need to just chop away. Sooner or later, you're going to get through. I took the GD test six times. They knew me up in there. <laughs> I would get there and say, oh, Mr. Alfonso, you're back. Yeah, I'm back. Yeah, yeah what? <laughs> yeah, and? What's your point? Hater? You know? Because there's always haters, man. There's always haters. There's always haters, man. They want to rob what God wants to give you, man. There's always haters around. They want to rob what God wants to give you. Six times. I passed the GD test by two points. (laughs) That's the beauty in passing the GD test by two points. You know what the beauty is? All you need to pass it is by one. That's the beauty. See, and I started realizing something. I started realizing that, yeah, I've had a lot of setbacks in my life. A lot of setbacks in my life. But now I'm walking with Almighty God. I'm walking with Christ. And I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I could do all things, man. See, Simon Peter, though he had a setback, though he went out, though he was watching the nets, though he, he closed shop for the day, the Lord said, go do it again, man. The Bible says that when he went out, he caught such an abundance of fish, they had to call other boats over. The nets were breaking. That's how much fish came in. See, that's what God has for you and me. 
an abundant blessing. But we can't give up. We can't give up. We can't give up. Start serving your church. There's talents and abilities here. Where in my wildest dream, un potojiqueño trigueño from Brooklyn, Tecato, chaplain to the New York Yankees. And please, I'm not that smart. On my best day, I couldn't put that together. On my best day, I couldn't put that together. It's all Jesus. See, because I started, I started believing what the word of God was saying. See, I started having a renewing of the mind. See, my, my way of, of thinking as a hustler on the street, you know, traqueteando, as we say in Spanish, always on the street, looking for the easy way out, looking to get something for nothing, that wasn't going to fly. That wasn't going to fly. What you put in is what you get out. You put in very little, you get out very little. You don't serve in the house of God, the place of worship, when you come every week to worship, man, then, then you're just hurting yourself. Really, you're hurting yourself, man, because God wants to show you what's in you. He does. Where my craziest dream? I think, what do I know about working with millionaires? Nothing. Zero. This Tuesday, I'm at a fundraiser with Mariano Rivera and Carlos Beltran. Carlos is my boy, my friend of all friends. Off-season, he lives in New York. Off-season, every Monday from 12 to 2, we have a Bible study for the last four years. He's never missed once. Future Hall of Famer. Where my wildest dream did I think I'd be with Carlos Beltran, with Mariano Rivera, the greatest relief pitcher ever in the history of baseball, but God. See that verse I read in the beginning? Those who come into the north gate or to go out the south gate. See, God, when you come to the Lord, you come in one way, but God is going to have you come out a different way. But that's on you. That's on you. That's not on him. That's on you. That's on you. What you put in is what you get out. I remember Coach Avery Johnson. Avery Johnson played for, played for San Antonio. And in the NBA, I'm no longer chaplain with the Nets. I'm just with the Yankees now. Um, in the NBA, the two teams come together for chapel, not in baseball, not in football. So Avery Johnson used to come in with David Robinson all the time, and we became good friends. And when he retired, we stayed good friends. Guess what happened some years later? He became the coach to the Nets. And his four years there was a struggle. It was just the biggest struggle of his life, man. Team wasn't getting it. We weren't winning. He got fired. And I remember the day he got fired, <clears throat> he called me. We hooked up. The next day, and I said, listen, coach, God has something better for you because there's no owner, there's no manager, there's n no one determines what happens to Avery Johnson. God determines what happens to Avery Johnson. And Avery Johnson today <clears throat> is the head coach of the University of Alabama. He's making $6 million more than he was making with the Nets. He got a private plane that takes him everywhere. How I know that? I've been on it. 
He called me up. He said, Pastor Willie, why don't you leave New York, come down to Alabama, and, you know, be our chaplain here. I said, there ain't no Puerto Rican in Alabama, man. <laughs> Where am I going to find rice and beans, man? Chuleta y aguacate, man. Where am I going to find that? You know what I'm saying? Same thing happened. Same thing happened to Byron Scott when he was the coach to the Nets. He got fired. He got fired, then New Orleans picked him up. Then he became coach with the Lakers. See, God has a plan for us, guys, but we can never give up. Setbacks are only set up for comebacks. That's all. The building burned down in Manhattan, and now you got this building here. Come back. Come back. See, the devil, see, the devil's a liar. He's a hustler. He's a straight-up punk. He's a hustler. Okay? And he wants to hustle you. He wants to hustle me. You have your setbacks. And this is what you say to yourself. Because this is his hustle. You know? This is hustle. And it's kind of it's crazy for someone, you know, for, for, for us that, you know, we're raised in the inner city. We're supposed to have street smart. We allow a punk chump like the devil to hustle us, man. And we're supposed to be smarter than that. And his plan is that when you have a setback to convince you that this Jesus thing, this Christian thing, eh, it don't work. It don't work. Why are you doing it, man? Why are you going to church on Wednesday, you know, instead of being in bed? You know, why are you coming on Sunday? Why are you, why are you giving up your money, man? This junk don't work. See, that's his hustle. And some of us, we've we, we, we bitten it. He's a straight-up liar. He's a hustler, man. Because loving the Lord don't make you a punk. It don't make you soft. See, punk is not in me. Soft is not in me. It's not in my DNA. You know, this word pastor, reverend, chaplain, it don't help me none. Press the wrong button, you meet a different Pastor Willie. Yeah, go ahead. I, I, just, I just bought a brand new car. Hit my car on the way out. You meet a different Pastor Willie. I'm just saying, man, I'm trying to work this thing out just like you. Just like you, man. I'm trying to work it. This pastor, Reverend, don't help me none. Don't help me whatsoever, man. I got I to gotta work this just like you. I got to be in God's word just like you. I got to be in prayer just like you. I got to be in church just like you. I got to serve just like you. I'm not exempt from that. Who said because I'm a pastor, you know, I got to go out, go out of jail card? <clears throat> no, my kids struggle. Just like your kids struggle. <clears throat> My youngest girl, we had to go to hell and pull her out. Okay? Five years, my wife and I. Five years in hell with this girl. A girl that grew up in the things of God and decided to walk away. Now, she's not what we like her to be, but she's not what she was. Hallelujah. But I'm not exempt from that. I'm not exempt from that. My family's not exempt from that. The Bible says that the enemy is like a roaring lion seeking who to devour. But we can never give up. God has a special plan for this church. God has a special plan for this church, and he could only get to that plan when you're down with the program. When you're down with the program. I'm telling you, I, look, I speak all over this country and out of this country. 
and out of this country. I, I don't say this bragging. I say it only because it's true. I can speak in a church of 20,000 people every Sunday. I choose not to. I'd rather be here. And this man here, this is a good man. I'm telling you, this is a good man. This is a godly man. He's not a perfect man. doesn't exist. He's a good man, and he needs your help. He needs your help. And guess who's going to get blessed? You. You're going to get blessed. You're going to get blessed because as you serve God, God starts showing you some stuff. I'm telling you, wait, listen, where in my wildest dream did I think that I'd be doing Bible studies with Mariano Rivera? I remember around five years after we started doing Bible study in his house, I said to him, hey, Mo, um, say thank you, Jesus. He said, what? I said, say thank you, Jesus. He said, why? I said, I'm asking you to. Say thank you, Jesus. He said, but why? I said, man, what do you mean why? Just, just say thank you, Jesus. He said, okay, thank you, Jesus. He said, why do they have to do that? I said, thank you, Jesus, that I'm not a tecato no more because I would have robbed you blind. <laughs> hey, boy. Okay, right now, Mariano Rivera, he didn't shop in John's bargain store. He had some good stuff in his house, boy. Would have made a killing over there, man. Would have made a killing. I robbed, I told you, Papa, man, I would have robbed you blind. I would have robbed you blind. You got good stuff here, man. He put, God says, who I could trust with the little things, I could trust with the greater things. Once, once, <coughs> once, once I felt a calling in, in my heart, I started, I started coaching basketball teams in the inner city. The most dangerous projects in Staten Island. I ran a league there called It's a New Beginning. We had over 200 boys in our league. We sent over 30, 40 boys to Bible college. You played in our league. If you curse, you set that quarter. If you threw a punch, you set down, you come back the next game. You had to come to the motion. It wasn't a democracy. It was a dictatorship. I ruled. <laughs> I started doing that. Then I started doing outreaches. And then God just opened up doors. And see, God, is just he just can't wait to open up doors for you. You're sitting there, some of you guys struggling unnecessarily. Unnecessarily, man. Just unnecessarily. If you would only get off your butts. Can I say button church? I said it. If you only get off your backside and allow this church and this leadership to help you find out what your talents and your gifts are. So that you can fan the flame of the gift that's in you. So you can stir up the flame of the gift that's in you. And God will take you to places you can never imagine. Listen, I'm just not talking. I'm living it. I'm living it every single day. I'm living it every single day. In Hebrews 13.5, it says, I will never desert you, nor will I forsake you. That's a promise of God. And the Lord don't lie. Check it out. You lie and I lie. We all lie. This pastor thing, please. I'm not full of myself, man. Now, I don't go out of my way to lie. Okay? But if, if Victor just ran through here and ran through that door, and then a minute later, two dudes came with bats. They said, did you see Victor? I said, yeah, he went out that way. 
I'm a lie. I'm a lie. But now if you steal something in front of me and the cops act like, yeah, my man did it. I'm not getting caught up in your thing. I'm just not, man. And this is what the Lord said. He says here, I will never leave you. He said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. And in Hebrews 13, 8, he says, Jesus, the Bible says, Jesus is the same today, tomorrow, and forever. He's the same Jesus, man. He's the same Jesus that cleaned me up. Listen, my teeth, my teeth were all rotten from the quinine of the heroin. Sometimes I would go without bathing a month. Honestly. Doesn't look good, right? All right, let me give you this side. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, man. If I left it up to me, I, listen, I should be dead or dying of AIDS or doing life in jail. I'm here talking to you. Especially to some of you young people. Some of you young people, you're so gifted, man. This millennial generation is just so gifted, man. You're so gifted. God wants to use you in a powerful way. And you're allowing the enemy to lie to you. Think that the streets and the things of the street is what's going to get you to where you want to go to. No, the things of God are going to get you to where you need to get to. Things of God. Listen, my daughter's a millennial. I know. She's weird. You know? But she's so gifted. She's talented. She plays the guitar. She writes poetry. You know, she, she was a brainiac in school. She got a $165,000 scholarship to St. John's University and blew it. And blew it. Because the, the world was sucking her in. And she thought she knew better than God, a girl that grew up in the things of God. And today she's an EMT. She works up in Rochester in a homeless shelter. She loves working with the poor. She was on Staten Island. She was the EMT to young adults with AIDS. <clears throat> Every week she was reviving some young person that had AIDS. She's a special girl that God has something special for. I'm telling you, young people, God has something so special for you. Because you're special. Listen, if no one has ever told you, let me be the first to tell you, you guys are special. You're special, man. Created by God to do something special for him. Some of you guys feel that you're being dragged to church. Man, I'm telling you, I've been there. I've been there. I'd rather be on this side. I don't mind going to the World Series. I don't. I don't, I don't mind the bling. I was hoping we got some fresh bling this year, but... We didn't. But we lost to Texas. Carlos Beltran plays for Texas. Here's a guy that for 20 years, 20 years he played baseball. One of the most godliest young men you can meet in baseball. I, I have never in my, 20, in my 25 years in sports ministry, I have never met a man that loves his wife and his children more than Carlos Beltran and God. Loves, loves the Lord, loves his family, man. 20 years he's been trying to get that ring. 20 years. So when he lost, when, they, when the Yankees lost, I was rooting for Carlos, man. And they won the World Series. See, he never gave up. He never gave up his dream. He never gave up what he felt God called him to do. You know that Carlos Beltran has a school in Puerto Rico, in the town of Florida, 
where over 149 Puerto Rican boys go to school there. It's, it's a baseball school, but it's also an academic school because only five to six percent make it into baseball. The rest, he makes sure they all get to college. So I said to Carlos, hey, Carlos, uh, do you have like chapel? No, we don't. I said, bro, what are you talking about? You don't have chapel there, man. Are you crazy? So I've been to Puerto Rico, and I'm going back now to finish the work. That part of the curriculum they have is chapel, the Bible study, that we want to pick 10 young men to start a leadership program. So when they make it to Major League Baseball, they're already saved, full of the Holy Ghost. That's God. Where in my wildest dream did I think I'd be doing that but God? And let me tell you something right now. He don't love me more than he loves you. See, I have three daughters. I have no favorites. I, well, I deal with them differently. You know, I deal with them very differently. And God is just, Christ just, he just can't wait to do something so special in your life so that he could be glorified. Okay, because, listen, on my best day, I couldn't put this together. On my best day, I couldn't put it together. Get on the plane with these guys. Their plane ain't like the plane we fly. You get on that plane, you make a right. It's a living room. You get to the middle of the plane, they, they, they serve you filet mignon. I'm down. <laughs> Been to six World Series, have three World Series ring, seven minor league rings. Been to two NBA championships. I was with the New York Giants for seven years. I have a Super Bowl ring with the Giants. If I ever go broke, eBay. You know, I have my older brother that I love dearly. He's retired in Florida, so I gave him a ring. And, but I made him and his wife sign some papers. This is not marital property. If he dies, it comes back to me. She ain't selling jack. Right? But he puts that ring on, man, and he goes out to the restaurant. That thing is big. I mean, it's humongous. And they think that he plays for the Yankees. I don't think my man has ever paid for a meal. You know, the benefits of walking with the Lord. Guys, never give up, man. Whatever your dream is, whatever God has put in your heart. Don't give up. Don't give up. Is it your marriage? Is it work? Is it school? Is it ministry? Is it a relationship? Is it a habit? Is it a healing in 1959 or 58, Billy Graham came to Puerto Rico and did a crusade in Puerto Rico. And my grandmother went to that crusade. My father's mother went to that crusade. And she gave her life to Jesus. And that's a to sto story is told. And I went to Puerto Rico some years ago to confirm the story. And I confirmed that it was true. She asked the Lord, could you save my family and could at least one of my grandsons become a pastor? Now, she died. She never saw it. But God kept his word. Listen, you don't have to see it for it to happen. 
She died. She never got to see me as a pastor. But God kept his word. The Lord is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and forever. And what he say he's going to do, he's going to do. See, my daughter is not walking with God the way I like her to. I ain't sweating it. I'm, I'm not sweating it. You know, I lost sleep over it. I can't tell you with my wife. My wife got so sick that she almost died of anxiety. Then we realized we can't deal with this better than God can. Sometimes God's telling you, take your hand out of the cookie jar. I don't need your help. That's why I'm God and you're not. I'm your saying. I'm your saying. What is it that you, come, you came to church with this morning? There's really dragging heart on your heart. Then maybe some of you guys have given up on. I got one more thing to think, say. I think I said it last time I was here. I didn't plan to say it, but I just feel God prompted me to say it. <clears throat> and <clears throat> um, you, know, you know where the breakthrough was that God started opening up the door for me? My, my mother and father had divorced my father married another woman from the Philippines, beat the living daylights out of her, had a daughter called Linda, beat her so bad that the state took her away. And one day my father lived up in Spanish Harlem. He was opening up his window because in the co-op he was living in, they were giving a lot of heat. So he opened up the window and he had brain aneurysm burst in his brain and he fell out behind the sofa with his face and shoulder on a radiator. He was there three days burning. Right? So my, I'm a pastor now. My mother calls me and tells me, um, you know, um, your father, you know, just had an aneurysm in the hospital. And I, I said, why are you calling me? I couldn't care less. I hope he dropped dead. Pastor. Full of the Holy Ghost, right? See, for some of y'all that think that, you know, we don't go through the same stuff you go through. <clears throat> Why are you calling me? I couldn't care less. I ate out of garbage cans because of this chump. I slept in abandoned buildings and woke up in the morning because rats were biting my feet. And you think I care that this dude had a brain aneurysm and he's burned and he's in the hospital? I hope he dropped dead, man. Don't bother me. Boom, I hung up. I was ticked. And as I was going about my business, God said to me, you need to go to the hospital and see your father. I told God, I ain't going nowhere. You, you're going to lose this one, Lord. I ain't going nowhere. He said, oh, you're going. I ain't going nowhere. I don't care what you say. I ain't going nowhere. Oh, you're going. You know I went. <laughs> I get to the hospital. I run into my baby sister, Carrie and my brother Andy, and we go upstairs, and my father now is laying in his bed. I hadn't seen him, I don't know, 30 years, whatever, whatever it was. Here's the man that beat the crap out of me. Here's the man that my mother has over 900 stitches in her arm from a stab wound, don't own a teeth in her mouth because of this dude. Here's the dude there. And he was in a coma, and my sister, we call her Mita, you know, we Puerto Ricans, we have names. Mita, Papa, Pito. You know, we have all these crazy names. <laughs> we don't call no one by their name. Right? 
Her name is Carrie Cormita. I ain't gonna tell you what they call me, all right? <coughs> so anyway, so, so he's lying in a coma, and my sister Mita says, what, what do we say when we see dad or mom or grandma? Go, Papi, bendicion, right? And he came out of the coma. He said, que Dios lo bendiga, favoreca. And right at that moment, God speaks to me and tells me, you need to tell this man about me because he's going to die. I said, man, are you, you must be crazy. Here, check this out, Lord. Why don't you send... Why don't you send, why don't you cut down every tree on earth, send it down to hell, put it into the fire so when this chump gets there, he could burn? Pastor. I'm just saying, man. See, if you're looking for someone to come up here this morning in front, it ain't me. It ain't me. It ain't me. It ain't me. I had a dude not so long ago cut me off. I nearly ate a lamppost. I chased this chump down. Oh, I chased them down. We got to the light. I said, yo, Papa, roll your window down, my man, right now. You and me. It's you and me, my man. And then, you know, the Lord says, yo, stupid, what are you doing? <laughs> now, you, you, you feel me, man? See, I'm not here trying to front nothing. Then every tree, get the fire hot for that chump. The Lord said, well, that fire you want your father to go to, you were going to go there too, but you're not because of me. Here I am standing over this man, and I forgave him, and I spoke to him about Christ, and he went into a coma. I said, if you want to receive Christ, can you move your head, your hand, something? And he moved his hand, and four hours later, he died. Now, why am I saying that? I'm saying it for a reason. I'm not saying it because I want to say it, because the truth is I don't want to say it. The truth is I'm tired of saying it. The truth is, I get ticked off every time the Lord makes me say it. I'm saying it because some of you guys, like me, you're never going to get to the place that God wants you to get to until you start forgiving some people for doing some things that they did or things you did. See, check this out. Forgiveness is not for that person. Forgiveness is to release you. It's to release your heart. And some of you guys, man, haven't served in the church. You haven't really gotten to the place you need to get to because you're holding some things, man, and the devil's hustling you. He knows that if you can keep your heart hard, you'll never get to the potential that God has for you. He knows that. Do you know that six months after that happened is when the door opened up for me to go with the Yankees? See, I always felt like I was in neutral. Where do you go in neutral? Nowhere. And when I did that, it was like God put his hand on my hand and popped me into first. And he'd been popping me into second and third ever since. I'm just saying, guys, setbacks are only set up for comebacks. But the comeback is dependent on your actions. See, you're waiting on the pastor. You're waiting on the Lord. I'm waiting on the Lord. You're going you're gonna to wait you die because that's not an action he's going to take. It's an action you got to take. See, it's a two-way street. It's not only God giving. You know, it's a two-way street. You got to do your part. Here, let me ask you a question and I'm done. Okay? Where are you in the Lord? This morning at 1.10, where are you with the Lord? Are you here? This is where you are? See, some of you guys think 
that God wants you here tomorrow. No, he don't because he knows we're knuckleheads. Not going to happen. He's saying this. If you're here, could you at least give me this much? Can you give me a little something, something? I know you're not ready for there. But if you're here, could you give me at least here? And then you'll give me here. Then here. It may take 10 years, 15 years. I'm still, I'm nowhere close to that. I'm somewhere here. I'm somewhere here. Because yeah, I'm cabeceduro, hard-headed. God's still dealing with my stupidity. But what he loves is that I'm willing to move. I'm willing to move. Are you willing to move this morning? Are you willing to make a commitment to the Lord and say, Lord, I've had some setbacks, but I'm ready for my comeback. I know my comeback is in my service. I know my comeback is in my giving. I remember when I got saved, they told me about tithing. I said, man, you crazy? I thought it was a free gift. <laughs> and they kept saying, come to the Lord, it's a free gift. Now you got to give 10%. I, I thought you told me it was free. <laughs> so I started learning that God will bless me and bless my family. Throughout this whole economy, I don't work for the Yankees. The Yankees don't pay me. I'm a missionary. I got to raise my own support. I, don't, I can't ask athletes for money. I have never in my, in, in my 25 years of raising support to do what I do, I have never gone without. Never. Never. <clears throat> I had one of my donors come to me and say, you know, I know you have been supporting you for 15 years. You always live in the park of me to own a house. I ain't got no money. Brother Tapelao. <laughs> that brother said, I'm going to give you $50,000. Go buy a house. I came back to him a month later and said, uh, uh, Victor, I said, would you mind paying all my debt? And then I'll save for the house. He said, bet. He paid $68,000, all debt. I'm debt free. The following year, he gave me $50,000 more and my wife and I bought a house. That's how we got a house. Blessing from God. Blessing from God. To whom, to whom is faithful. I'm just saying, guys, don't look at your setbacks. Look at your comeback. God has something special for this church. He does. This is a great church, man, with great people. I'm, I'm thrilled to see all these young people back there. I'm just, it just thrills me to death to see young people. Because they're so talented, man, it isn't funny. I mean, they're just so, they're mind-baffling how talented young people are. Use it for, for the kingdom and watch what God will do in your life. Amen. And for you guys that have been around a little, a little bit, Come on, get with the program. Get with the program. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. Everybody close their eyes, bow their heads. We're going to pray. <coughs> I, I just want to challenge you in this prayer. This morning, you may be saying to yourself, you know, man, I want to come back. 2018 is a month away. And I want to come back. I just made it through this year. Barely made it, man. But I'm grateful to God that I did. But man, I don't want to barely make it next year. I, I, want, I want God to do something supernatural in my life, man. I want to come back. 
I'm telling you, your comeback is in your service to God. I'm hoping and praying that some of you guys will come to the pastor and leaders and say, what can I do? I want to serve. I'm in college. I don't know how to pay for the college. Start serving. Watch how God will make a way. I need a better job. Go ahead. Watch God make a way. The Bible says, the Lord says, I will make a way in the middle of a desert. In the middle of a desert where you feel lost and you look four ways and you see nothing, I'll make a road in the middle of that desert that you come out of it. But that's on you. It's not on him. And if that's you this morning, if you want to come back, I'm going to ask you, if you want to rededicate yourself to the Lord, you can do it right here this morning. In the quietness of your seat where you're sitting right now, talk to him right now and say, Lord God, I want to come back. Go ahead, talk to him. I want to come back, Lord. And 2018 is going to be the year where I'm going to serve you. Go ahead, talk to him. 2018 is going to be the year where I'm going to be faithful in my giving and every other aspect of my Christian walk, Lord God, so that this kingdom could get to the place you want it to. And if that's you, will you raise a hand and say, that's me? Anybody raise a hand and say, that's me? Don't worry about who's next to you, who's not next to you, man. You know, that's, that's between you and God. Who will raise a hand and say, that's me? Praise God. Anybody else raise a hand and say, that's me? So I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit because the Bible says, the Lord says, if you be ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. Would you stand if that's you? Would you stand and say, that's me? Just stand where, stand, just stand where you are. Say, that's me. I don't care who watches. I don't care who sees it because this is between me and God. And if they don't like it, tough. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, I rededicate my life to you. Talk to him. We're going we're gonna to press the reset button. We're going to reset. We're going to start again. I know I'm saved. But it's not enough. Anybody else stand where you are? Say, that's me. Anybody else? Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. I only have a minute, guys. I don't mean to rush you. But don't, don't let the devil hustle you. Don't leave the same way you came. Don't. It's, it's stupid. Don't, don't, don't leave the same way you came. God brought you here this morning for you to rededicate yourself and say, you know, I'm going to serve God this year. I'm, man, people are going to say, whoa, what happened to you? Anybody else stand and say, that's me? Lord, you see those who are standing, Lord God. They're accountable now to you. Bless them, Lord God. Bless their coming. Bless their goings. Do things that will blow their mind. In Jesus' name. You guys can sit. Let me just ask one more thing as you sit. Maybe there's somebody here today that don't know the Lord. And the beginning of your comeback, you can sit, guys. The beginning of your comeback is that you give your life to Jesus. So if there's anyone here that's never given their life to Christ... This is your time. This is your opportunity. Don't walk out, man. See, I want to get in my car 
and drive an hour back to Staten Island. But that's not promised to me. I may not make it home. I plan on making it, but it may not. The Bible says the day of salvation is today, is now. And if you've never given your life to Jesus, this is your opportunity. As everybody's head is bowed and eyes are closed. If that's you, just talk to the Lord right where you are. Say, dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner. And I know that you died for my sins. Go ahead, talk to him. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me my sins. Come into my heart. Start anew in me. In Jesus' name. If that's you, would you raise a hand and say, that's me? This morning I give my life to the Lord. Don't be embarrassed. Don't mind. Don't be embarrassed. Anybody raise their hand and say, that's me? Man, amen. Praise God. Praise God. Anybody else raise their hand and say, that's me? That's me. I don't care what people think. I don't care what they see. I need to get right with Christ this morning, and I give my life to Jesus. This is the beginning of my comeback. I'm tired of the setback. Tired of the setback. And the setback is not because of God. The setback is because of me. Anybody else raise their hand? Say, that's me. That young lady that raised her hand just prayed this prayer. Say, dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you went to the cross for me. Come into my heart right now. In Jesus' name. If you pray that, raise your hand again so I know it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Lord God. Lord, there's a lot of things we know about you. There are some things we don't know. There's some things we're confused about. But there's one thing for sure we know about you. That's that you're a good God. You're a good God. You're a good God. Hallelujah. You're a good God. Bless this house. Bless this pastor. Bless the leadership. Bless the people. In Jesus' name, amen.